Status Quo Podcast, episode 18. This is Jake Coferro with Dario Pellegrino. How What's up, guys? Doing? How we doing, everybody, Dario? How we doing today? Positive day, feeling better after yeah. day five of being sick. I was about to say, we had day t- six. taken a week off. Yeah. Um, my man over here has been sick, yeah. whatever it is. Got something, don't want it. Something, don't, it. don't want it, don't need it. Not going to worry about it. We're on the home stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we sound a little funky, that's why. But we couldn't go two weeks without without having an episode. So Just going to do it. So yeah. here we are. And what are we talking about? You have been whooping my butt trying to get me to talk about this. Um, I like this a lot. You like it a lot. And what is this? This. This is, we're going to talk about Instacart today. Instacart. Instacart. Okay. Give us, um, give us the lowdown. So they are a delivery food service. Uh, not food service, grocery service. Excuse me. I say food because I eat groceries is my main way to get food. So, but the uh, Instacart is all around delivery of food. You can do store pickup as well, but I think their main functionality is delivering to your house for groceries. Yeah, they they say. Grocery delivery within an hour. Within an hour. And then they do to, have it within an hour. And then up to five days. You can plan it five yeah, days Yeah, you out. can plan it out. Um, so, yeah, within an hour, which is pretty sweet. I have used it. There are many. There are a bunch of other ones out there. Yeah, yeah. Instacart, what are some of the other shipped, ones? Yeah. whatever. Um, Google I, Express has one. Amazon uh, Prime Fresh yep. is the other competitor in the space. I like cooking a lot i don't i like going shopping for like specialty meals um but i really hate going shopping for like you know your weekly shopping or bi-weekly shopping whatever you do i kind of hate it and i have used instacart before and though it is kind of expensive you gotta pay you gotta pay somebody to do it right sure it's pretty sweet like you go online you order and then it shows up at your door it's pretty cool. Well, I so I actually fell in love with it not from the delivery service because um, there was actually a – I use – they're linked up with a bunch of different companies and we'll talk about that in a second. But I used them for Publix and Publix was on the way home and their fee to just pick up is way cheaper than the delivery fee. Mm-hmm. So for me to at you know the end of the day at work – Type in a bunch of crap, yeah, and uh, just go pick it up for you know, penny, like three, four dollars, five dollars maybe at the end of the day. Yeah, I know um, I do that a lot for it's a big deal for other for just grocers like grocery stores are starting to do that. I know I live near a Food Lion, so I don't know if anybody is not in the South. I doubt Food Lion is national, but Food Lion's no. right next door to my literally right next door to my house, and mm. they do pick up like a lot of a lot of grocery stores have been doing this pickup service for a while yeah Air cedar has it Publix, they probably have it now themselves but adding the delivery part is where i think it was where it kind of revolutionized right it kind of piggybacked off of the gig economy sort of deal um and it's been pretty cool um they've seen a lot of growth when they start they said 2012, 2012 yeah 
Yeah, 2012 they started, and they're now their latest funding round um, values them at nearly eight billion dollars. And would you say they raised 1.9 billion dollars in funding? 1.9 in funding over a few rounds. I yeah, mean, over series F, so. all the way to F, all the way to F, um, which doesn't really indicate like a great company. Um, not mm-hmm. especially not recently that we've seen, but it does mean a lot of people believe in it and in what they're doing. I think it's one of those, unfortunately, it's just like a lot of the tech companies at the moment, just to get the users. Whoever has the users is going to win, right? Yeah, so I think you're going to see, yeah, so that's a a bigger question. I think they have, so it says downloads in the last 30 days, they've had close to a million downloads, which is... Pretty interesting. That's a, that's yeah, a 15 lot. million hits a month. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a whole lot of people that are using it. Um, so I don't know if they're – I don't know where the, the race is in the de- grocery space, like who's on top, but Instacart's definitely one of them. Um, yeah. So much so that – or it is seen like this growth into e-commerce. I think everyone's realizing that e-commerce is obviously huge, right, with Amazon and the growth there. But grocery stores are starting to realize like, okay – you know, people started with wanting to buy shoes online. They were okay with that, right? And then it just kind of, you know, it moves up. Did in, it start with shoes? I don't know if it started with shoes, but I was reading something about say, Zappos thought, the other day. Yeah, I right? was going to say, I thought so shoes people, were on the latter end. So either way, like, you know, people started very personal things that you would think you'd have to buy online, like you have to try on, like yeah. shoes. Like people are buying dresses online, like everything's being bought online. So now like one of the next iterations is, okay, why can't I just buy my food online? Right? What's the difference? Um, so, like, Target bought Shipped. Shipped was actually a competitor or is a competitor of Instacart. So, it was very, interested, very interesting to see that Target bought them pretty early to add it to both their service offerings and I think to help bolster um, what they can offer. Well, Instacart can only do groceries. So, they can't do the rest of Target's offerings. Right. So and I don't think... A provider. But I don't know if Ship does all the other stuff. Like, I don't think you can order your child's play hat pin from Target and Ship will deliver it. I don't think that's how that works. I think it's still just their grocery offerings. But it's still pretty interesting that they are kind of jumping on that that soon. But you mentioned that Instacart still works with Target, though. Yeah. Right? So you said it makes sense because they're kind of double dipping, and I thought it was kind of confusing. So why do you think that makes sense? Um, because they're just a delivery service, so it doesn't really matter. They don't care who's bringing them traffic and who's bringing them clients as long as they're getting clients. Um, you know, unless Target bought ship to be a financial gain to them, you know, and they want to compete, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really seem like that's the case. It seems like they just... They just have them. I'm not even sure really what shipped is. Same, same idea. Same thing. Yeah, same same idea. Now, one thing that's pretty it's funny, shipped works with a lot of the same companies. Yeah, well. they're all they're all yeah. competing for the same people, you know. So I'm sure they just don't care. I think they just want people going to like Target. Just wants people going to Target as many people as possible. Yeah, yeah. Target because Target's note. just got to beat. While you're talking about it, Target, just got to beat Amazon. Everybody's got to beat Walmart. Amazon. Yeah, yeah. But Target is killing it right now target is killing it and i think 
both of our girlfriends can attest to that. Attest. They are the reasons why. <laughs> yeah, so du- and double dipping in that way. You guys want some insider trader trading info. When Carly and Emily go to Target, the stock, stock goes, price is going up the goes next up. day. And, and my Carly, fucking bank Carly, account's going down. My girlfriend, Carly, she even used to work there, and she still goes. That's a good sign. You know, she still goes there. I mean, I can't lie. Target is just a good place to shop. Have you ever been to Walmart? <laughs> yes. So, no, that's why I think it's interesting. If we're going to go down this road, I'll go it for one minute. I think Target has cut out a little niche for themselves because they're not e-commerce, right? So they have brick and mortar, unlike Amazon. But then they're also competing with Walmart, right? But Walmart has really that lower price point. Like, that's what they're known for is, like, Cheap prices. Yeah, Walmart's right? hard to go into sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, it's very it's hard. Very hard to go into. And Target has kind of stepped out ahead. Is like, yes, it is a little more expensive, but the user experience is way better, right? Oh, way better. Way better. But it and also they got Starbucks. Yeah, they got Starbucks. So it's also you got to think it's probably they're also going after different demographics. Really, at the sure, end of the day, sure. um, so they they can charge better prices, right? Because it's they're catering to a more affluent body sure. of people, right? And you can even see that in like the locations that they pick of Walmart and Target if you were to compare the two. But they really cut out their niche of being like that go-to, like almost a go-to like on your way home. Where they're like where, the like, Housewives people... of America store. Stay at home, whatever, is yeah. stopping there on their way home. Yeah, like, for sure, for sure. Versus going to Walmart, not happening. Yeah, or like even... Compete, they're competing with the grocery stores now because they have the – used yeah. to be just super targets, but like all targets got their grocer now. Yeah, I think so. So if you need a plunger, some kids' clothes, and some eggs for breakfast in the next morning, where are you going? Hmm. You're going to Target. Yeah. You're going to Target. So they anyway. – I used to shop at Walmart, but it's just too much. It's too much. It's – Not money-wise. It's just too much in general to be there and go and – Plus, there's not one close to us, so it's a little... It can be a lot. Yeah, it could be a lot. So, anyway, thought that was interesting. So, so one of the other pieces... Yeah, going back to Instacart. One thing that I noted that was interesting, talking about this whole race race in the space, was they were working with Whole Foods. Amazon bought and now owns Whole Foods. And now, as of May of 19, Whole Foods does not work with Instacart. Obviously, like you mentioned before, to fulfill their, would you call it Amazon? Amazon Prime Fresh. Fresh, right. So I think that's kind of interesting. All of Whole Foods is now just on there. So I wonder if that, an interesting question I'll pose to you. Do you think that hurts? What is worse? Does it hurt Whole Foods because it's missing out on business by not being on these other platforms? Or does does that outweigh the help that it adds to Amazon in that respect. So Well, so okay, so that's where I think it gets a little more tricky. Like Amazon Prime Fresh is not picking up from Target. Am- yes. Amazon correct. Prime Fresh is probably not picking up from Publix. Right. I think it's just Whole Foods. Just Whole Foods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and I think in that relationship, also if you look at the parent company and what they are, Amazon is a delivery service, right? Like well, and and a distributor. I mean, yeah. they don't own any of the products. They don't have a storefront like you said. Yeah. When you think about Target buying shipped, if that's what you're comparing it to, Target's main product is 
you know, products, right? Like, like selling products. So in a brick and mortar. So I, you know, I think it comes down to those two. I think for Amazon to be a a true delivery service, they kind of need to have just their set. Mm -hmm. Right. But is Um, Amazon, Amazon's not really a delivery company though. Not anymore. They, well, I think the latter, I think they were just an e-commerce company and now they're having to become a logistics company from what they've built. They've always been a logistics company. Um, I would argue no, because they because like they worked because they worked with like they worked with FedEx and UPS and all those before when they were just shipping their sure, stuff. Sure, and sure. now now they got their own. They got Amazon logistics. Well, like, okay, they're so building out those final mile products that you love. Going into that exactly, I was gonna say. For example, they were like a lot of companies' main client, like number one only client. Yeah, there was a few LTL companies that they were just the only customer for. Yeah. And like I, think, I think of the FedEx said that they won't work with it was a FedEx I think it was FedEx or UPS said they weren't going to work with them anymore, which was interesting cuz UPS and then they're trying to build out their own sort of final mile stuff without Amazon, which seems silly, but I guess That's long it. term is smart smart to do. Well, it's about it's about the relationship between the route the company that owns a truck cuz not all UPS trucks are owned by UPS. Right. They're owned by like private individuals, so and private LLCs and logistics companies. So there's probably a lot of hands in the pot and Amazon is from what I understand in the final miles space, they are ruthless. They're just Amazon like, is? Yeah, they're like here's what we're offering you and if you don't want it have a nice day. Take it or leave it. Yeah, and somebody it's else behind super you will like take it. uh they say that the way that they for the drivers to make any money, they have to like basically be speeding. To mm-hmm. like get delivered packages delivered. Okay, so that's why they. If you ever notice, that's why they like take like are taking a picture of it as they come up to your house and they like throw it at your it. door. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, gosh, man. Or have like, you ever seen the back? So with. Oh yeah, the back of the, the trucks. The back of the trucks are just craziness. There's Riddled. just boxes everywhere. Yeah. It's like they put them in there and then just start zooming around and everything's just flying off the shelves. But I want to stop that conversation. But it segues into two points that I want to get to. Okay. So some good things. So I got some good and some bad All about right. Instacart. All right. And they can lead into some good conversation, I think. So the good. Instacart has been credited with, I think they have this thing called, or that they've credited called the Instacart effect. Right. And this is due to them adding so many new, new jobs. Right. Yeah, they added a lot. I saw some. They said, I think the number, I'm going to have to find it to be exact, but um, they admit, I think it was 23,000 um, 23, across across four states or something like that. Yeah, so you I look see 11,000 in California, yeah. 6,000 in New York, <clears throat> 3,000 in Illinois, and 56 in Washington. Yeah, so that's a lot of... 1,900 in Washington. Yeah, so that's a lot of jobs, right, that they're adding. So, um, And revenue, too, to those states. Yeah, so they say... Like $300 million in revenue to California. NERA Economic Consulting, so Dr. Kulik, um, explained that the rigorous statistical methods determine that the adoption of the company's services is associated with a boost in retail grocery employment by 4%. Um, Instacart's market entry created more than 11,500 jobs and 337 million in revenue in California, like you mentioned, 
6,150 million in New York, 3,400 jobs and 75 million in Illinois, and over 1,900 jobs and 56 million in revenue in Washington. So on the front end, that looks really good, right? Sure. Adding jobs, especially in a booming economy, is that's good for the economy and it's really good PR, right? To yeah, be adding yeah no, jobs. that's great. That's great. It's definitely good PR. Um, now, the bad. Okay, I'll jump to this, the bad, okay. which I think is a more interesting topic. Um, so... The question is kind of like, so what, right? So they added all these jobs, and all of these employees were gig economy employees, right? So just like Uber and Lyft and all those controversies that they're dealing with, they're contract employees, and they've been fighting that battle forever now, right, on how to classify these employees. And most people argue that these employees need to be employees, not contractors, right? Um, so... They need to offer health care and benefits and things like that. And actually, in Chicago just last month, a group of people, I think it was 12,000 out of their 123,000 people, voted to unionize. Right? So, because of complaints that they're not getting paid enough. Some even for cited, Instacart? For Instacart. They cited that they're not even decided that not even getting paid a dollar an hour or something crazy like that, right? And, and Instacart has been cutting and changing the tipping process and how they get paid. Um, so a group in Illinois has voted to unionize. So I wanted to go down that kind of path on like what we think that means for Instacart and then greater what that means for the gig economy and sure. employees and things like that. So we can get your, your take first. So... I don't know exactly what the numbers are, and I'm just looking at Ridester.com, which is something we've used. And so to, for Jake to put this into context, obviously stems a lot off of our rideshare business where we rent cars to Uber and Lyft drivers. Um, so we're very closely monitoring uh, what rideshare drivers are making and earning and how fruitful it can be for them so that you know we can make money on the back end there. Uh, so that's kind of where the context came from for this. We've done some episodes on uh, DoorDash uh, when they had a big controversy around with their the driver's pay. Yep, yep. yep. Uber uh, with its drivers. Uber's with their drivers. So we, you know, we, we, we've been in this space quite a bit. So I've used this, where I'm going with this, is I use this website Ridester uh, quite a bit. And uh, they're saying that based on... <clears throat> Say drivers, it's advertised on Instacart that drivers can make $25 an hour. Okay. And their first thing is that that's very rare. They say the sweet spot's anywhere between 7 and 20, average of 11, data's pulled from Glassdoor. Okay. Which is so, crowdsource, I'm pretty... Crowdsource, yeah. yeah. And that's also across that's different huge, markets. We'll say, I'll cut you off real quick. That's a huge variance. Between of course it 7 is. and $20, that's a huge difference. $20 puts you almost professional pay. Right. Yeah, so I, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's not a lot of really concrete information on it. I know that it's not enough money for a lot of our drivers to do it. We, you know, most of the people that we see renting our cars do something else. Um, I do, I do also know that it's not as advertised. Like I, I, I've, 
I mean, I, I don't even know. I'm on Instacart's like my website as if I was going to shop, and I can't really find how to be a driver. Although maybe it's a different portal. Probably the app, know, most probably likely. Probably an app. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't even know if how many people know that you can do delivery services for this. Mm-hmm. Like turn it on and go. So going back to your question, I just wanted to kind of put that out there. I'm not 100% sure on the pay. I'm sure just like every other program and platform that they are running into this issue of paying their drivers not enough. I mean, it seems just like all the other companies. Yep, they all have this problem. So I think it comes down to, yet again, the expectation, this is what I said in the last one, is just be clear. I don't think that they should take tips like we talked about in the DoorDash. If I decide to tip this guy an extra three bucks via the platform, that three bucks should go straight to the driver. You're tipping the person and the experience, not Instacart. Yeah, it's kind of like when you find out that you tip uh, like a bartender and then they have to pay out the the They pool everybody in the... the Well, the the pooling thing is something separate, but I'm talking about just pay the establishment. Mm. Sometimes bartenders, you know, when they're making $1,500 a night in a big-end bar, they have to pay out 500 to the bar or 300 to the bar just to... Yeah, I've seen... Because, a good one you know, I've you seen is they able to make that money if you weren't there. Yeah, and I've seen you got to tip the you tip the back staff like the kitchen staff and stuff like that, which I get, but that also is like still, still, yeah, still. So mm-hmm. I, okay, so, so I don't know. I, I think as long as they're clear on expectations, that's fine. Um, I do think that at the end of the day, the labor is what drives all these websites. So you can't all these tech platforms. You can't just beat the crap out of the guys. Yeah. So. You can't do it. So I'm going to speak to your expectations piece for a second. And we've all taken marketing classes. We've all, we got our businesses, got mine, and you got to sell, right? Sometimes to get drivers, right? Um, we'll call that a supply side piece to this business. Oh, the drivers are really a supply side because you need the drivers to get the, get the food. So I think expectations is hard for Instacart because they're they're having to add drivers to keep up with the demand, right? So if they're adding demand at a crazy clip but they can't service it, then you lose clients, right? Um, which is even worse. Losing, I think losing the demand side is even worse than the supply side because you mess up an order one time or the first order or something like that, then you probably lose that client for life, relatively, right? So I think it's hard, Instacart is fighting expectations because they have the expectations that they want to give. Like, hey, yeah, you can hustle. Like we had that driver, Ryan, who he worked his butt off and he made $1,000 a week on um, on Uber and Lyft, right? And then we have other ones that we know are not making that much, yeah. right? So I think they have two conflicting issues where they want to sell the dream and also they want to be realistic, but we know when expectations miss each other, that's when there's problems, right? Well, I'm talking more about the expectations of, hey, we're taking 30% of your tips. Got it. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Okay, hey, I understand that. Not expectation of what you can make, more just expectation of what the rules are. Yeah, or, well, not like what you can, I don't, I, like, okay, so it's funny, like, when you go to job interviews, especially in the sales world, they're like, Oh, well, it's possible for you to make a million dollars. It's yeah. uncapped commission. And it's yeah. like, all right, dude, well, I don't – get yeah. out of here with that nonsense. I want to know the realistic numbers. What are the averages? What is this person making? And so, you know, for 7 to 20, dude, could be very fair. 
I mean, you know, you could be in a higher market, like let's say you're in New York and you're mm-hmm. busting your balls, you may be making 20 bucks an hour, but is that, it's all relative, right? Um, you know, part of what I want to talk about and where I'm kind of confused on is, so they, the fee that you pay doesn't even equate to paying the driver. So if you pay in seven ninety nine to get hour delivery, that's in my market here in Charlotte, North Carolina. If I'm paying seven ninety nine to get an hour delivery, mm-hmm. um, that's not covering. Well, then what, what do they charge? Don't they charge like a five percent service fee or something like that? I don't know. Is what they do. I don't. I don't. It doesn't. Either way, it's slim. Like it, it feels slim because there's only because there's only so I get it because as a company there's only much that they can charge because there is a point I believe there's a point in which it doesn't make sense for that person to use the service right if you came to me and you said Jake you can do this service and it's gonna cost twenty bucks right to to get your um, groceries which probably like I wouldn't go pick up your groceries for twenty bucks you know what I mean yeah like I wouldn't do that for twenty bucks but that's probably a reasonable amount, I wouldn't pay that. You know what I mean? Like if I saw an eight ninety nine fee or seven ninety nine fee or something like that, then I might do it, you know? Um, so I know that they're competing. They have, they have a ceiling on how much they can charge per customer per trip, right? Um, so anyway, I, I, I think there gets to a, a broader point here with, gig economy workers okay and this is where i want to get on a on a soapbox for a second i think that we are trying to take a square peg and put it in a round hole with all these new businesses right and what i mean by that is we're trying to take the typical constructs of contractor and employee and then apply it to these gig economy workers and I don't think that works because the gig economy workers like it anyone who's worked in this space enjoys the flexibility of being able to turn it on and off yeah I totally agree and they like that they don't really have a boss they know what they need to do they can make this amount of money if they work this many hours, right? People like that. They love it. People love like it. that a lot. And that's what we hear from all of our drivers. Like, why do they do this? Because they, maybe they have another job and they get to add it. Or they do it full time, but they can work when they want. Like, work when they want, yeah. Work whenever they want. Like, they can work 100 hours a week, but maybe they're working from midnight to 6 and then they sleep all day because they want to. You know what I mean? Um so it, they're able to pick their schedule and they have a lot more flexibility. And I think as we have noticed, the world is moving towards flexibility. Um, we have all these co-working companies. Um, now, I don't think that's an indicator of a change in work, but you know, working from home, I just heard today, 43% of the workforce now works from home in some capacity or not inside the office. Um, I.e. both of us. <laughs> I.e. I both of us, right, exactly. Um, I see companies are... You know, established companies like Wells Fargo has the new tower coming in here in Charlotte, and they have no assigned desks, so they're adding like. A I don't like that. I don't like that though. So, well, just let me fo- let me finish. Sure, sure, sure. sure. I, I understand where you're going. I understand. All, yes. all this is to say that work is changing, right? 
And I think we have now these red flags are going off like, okay, our workers aren't getting paid enough. And I think, I agree. Like, to do this job for $7 an hour, like, we're talking about the difference, that $7 to $20 an hour. We're essentially talking about making $15,000 a year to $40,000 a year, rounding up on a 40-hour basis, right? That's a big difference. That's really between, like, underemployed, I think is the correct sure, term, underemployed, sure. and, like, being able to kind of make it. Right, like in Charlotte, you can make it off forty thousand dollars a year. New York, no, you're poor. Right, you sure, can't make sure, it. sure. But I do think that there's a couple. Well, we don't want to go down the whole minimum wage thing. I don't want to go that conversation. Route. So, but I, I do wanna... think you just need to be clear on the seven to twenty is not a direct representation of a full time hustler. This it's could be this average. could be somebody saying, "I just picked it up and did it three hours this week and made We're, seven bucks because I didn't I'm optimize." Just going off the numbers of the yeah, yeah, no, so, I know, I know, I know. But I just want to be people listening. I just want to make sure that we're clear that it's not, you know, because the way you're making it sound is it's full time, right? Um, it's full time if you wanted to make it full time. So I'll finish really quickly. So what I think the problem is actually, no, you're right. This says full service shoppers and Instacart are making between seven and twelve, seven and twenty dollars an hour. Well, either way, even that man, but that's harsher. Yeah, that, makes that means it you worked full time and, and made, made seven dollars an hour. That's worse. That's that's more to your point. Yeah. So what I'm saying is they're. I think thinking about how to fix these problems with past solutions is the wrong way to look at it, right? Um, how, like you can't take a legislator who's been in the office forever, and maybe there's an employment, like a labor economics who's like, all right, this person is, they are an employee, this one's a contractor, this is how we do it, it's black and white. I don't think it's that way anymore. I think we need new rules for a new game. The sharing, this gig economy, sharing economy is a new game, and we need new rules. And it needs to include the flexibility that they still have, right? You can't, you can't burden companies with the 30% extra cost to employ people um, to add all those benefits. But also, you can't be like you can't be a crappy company and not pay these people and make billions and billions of dollars off the backs of all these people that make well, $7 so an hour. A right? lot of it comes down to a twofold there. And I think that if Instacart's screwing people over and they all went and drove for Amazon Fresh, then you wouldn't have this problem, right? And so like that, yet again, we go down this this conversation of like, when does it become a, a free market, a capital, you know. A I was gonna capital, say that's a very free market argument, right? right? Okay. And so, because you're starting to go down that conversation of, well, I work for Instacart. I need a minimum just to drive for you one time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. I, you know, I don't know what that does to the greater picture, but I do think <clears throat> that the expectation p- component is still my biggest argument. Even hearing the whole thing and, and, and... But this is actually a place where we know we disagree. Yeah, and it's great. And it, yeah, which I think is good. So here's what I will argue with you quickly. So what you're saying is... If you tell people the expectations and they take it anyway, then it's kind of becomes on them, right? They know what they can make and they sure. can make an educated decision. I agree with that in most ways. Yeah. But what I don't agree with is the fact that you can tell people this and then on the back side you're making crazy money at the detriment of somebody else. Like the bit, the point of building like most of the time when you're building a business as an owner, you're building you hire somebody because you can pay somebody else to do it for cheaper than what you cost to do it or what it costs to, to make it right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's like the, the basis of hiring somebody. But I still think you need to add some sort of, you can call it a, a social program or whatever, um, to where you're taking care of your people. That's where I just think it's differing, and that's going to change, I think, with this gig economy. So I think the key word right there is taking care of who? Your your people. But are they your people? If I drive for Uber, how do they differentiate who's your people versus who's just a guy doing this here and there? Did the company make money off of your actions? Those are your people. Sure, but do you think that if I drove for Uber one time that Uber was making money off of me? Yes. You believe well, that? Te- technically, no, but also no on a unit economic sense. Okay. But yes on they just IPO'd and made however much money. Sure, but that's not. But yet again, does that mean that they should just give out money to a driver? Proportionate to what they do, yes, yeah, just like an employee. Well, didn't they do something like where if you've been driving for X amount of years, you got you receive some sort of benefit? They. Try, I mean, I, it was I, like I, pennies on a dollar. Yeah, it wasn't a something. lot of money, yes, but they, they still took something. care of. And that's my. That's where I put the quotes around your people. Is what are you qualifying as your people? Like, you know, I mean, I don't think it's any different than a giant corporation doing layoffs, right? Like, <laughs> what does your people mean to a billion-dollar organization? It doesn't change just because it's a new gig economy. Doesn't mean that they're going to take any different confines than say something like. Wells Fargo or AT&T or C.H. Robinson, saying, right? Like but what I'm saying is they have to now. That's what I'm saying. It's a totally different world. Well, I mean, do they? I think they need to, yeah. I you're, think, you're saying they need to. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. you said they have to. I, there's no laws out there. No, 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 no. no, no. Okay. This, is, this is Jake yeah, yeah, okay. in Charlotte okay. saying, I think they have to or they're going to continue running into these problems. Like, nobody, like... In businesses, I will I will paint with a broad stroke right now. Nobody wants unions, right? Because unions have been notoriously hard to work with. Um, they are. They drive hard bargains, right? You have the collective bargaining agreements. And everything. You're not just dealing. Unfortunately, you're not just dealing with a one-off employee. No, you have a you're, whole third party that you that's have to, typically they, backed by lawyers and knowledgeable people. And right. So unfortunately, you're giving power like. Fortunately, not unfortunately, fortunately, you're giving power to the little guy. Right, and which you want to know is, in, my, in Jake's opinion, the best way to keep a company from unionizing, just take care of your people, right? Just have fair incentive structures, take care of them, but then your argument is like, who are your people? And my argument is... In the gig in, economy. In this gig economy. In the gig economy. Well, I think you can paint it across anywhere. I think well, so I think when you answered the unit economics question about me driving one time for Uber is not going to make them money, mm-hmm. they probably lose money on that deal. But just they from... lose money on like, Uber's honestly a bad example because they lose money on like all their rides and they're just losing like a crazy amount of money. So all right, it's... but even Instacart, for example. Okay, yeah, Instacart. Right, I don't know if you do one delivery. Either. Yeah, I don't but know anyway. either. But if you're doing one, de- well, they're private, so you can't really, it's hard yeah. to tell at the moment. Um, but if you deliver for them one time, I still don't know if they're making money. I think there's some draws between – so what, I was going to ask this earlier. I think there's some draws between Instacart and the grocery store. So, for example, if Instacart produces $115 worth of groceries for Publix, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're getting like five, six bucks off of that, 110%. Yep. Publix is definitely paying. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're at- so I think there's some incentive there. So I do think that there's some room – for Instacart to be able to help the drive route because they're probably also funneling most of the money from the user account. And so while we were just talking, guys, I put 
five groceries in my cart because mm-hmm. I have an account with Instacart, so it was very easy for us to do. This is in Charlotte, picking up uh, at a Publix, uh, delivering to my house. The fee for a two-hour delivery is mm-hmm. actually went up. It's seven ninety-nine. Um, okay, I, there's no I, service fee. They took that off. And they put driver tip included as a minimum of $2. And then in brackets, it says 100% of the tip goes to the driver. Now, can you get rid of that tip? Put zero? Yeah. Yeah. You can. You can. Okay. So there's no, you don't have to tip them. It shows See, presets, one, two, four, and $6. See, but the interesting thing is, though, unfortunately, like what I think is bad user experience is you're tipping for future service. Imagine going to a restaurant and saying, here's your 20 bucks, um, like, I hope I Well, hope no, you're it would be, it. Um, no, because you can change it, I don't agree with that. But you, but you can't, you can change it right now, but then you have to hit submit. Jacks things up. Yeah, yeah right, you have right, to hit right, submit, right. and then your user experience really starts. You know what I mean? Like, uh, no, that's correct. So that's where I think it's kind of it's kind of interesting. I will be honest. When I used Instacart, the people were pretty, pretty decent. I would tip them. Yeah, they weren't yeah, like yeah, yeah, the yeah. most knowledgeable, but they definitely like carried my stuff. Like they wouldn't like I had six bags, and so I could carry three basically at once, and mm-hmm. they just helped me. Yeah, so I think it's kind of like your pizza delivery guy. Like you, you you're I do agree that I don't want to tip until I see the service because like, what if he drops my groceries down the driveway yeah like bro you don't deserve a tip that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying so but you're having to front end it because they're instacarts yeah you're right definitely taking some of that so i think that's weird and especially to then tell somebody like then it de-incentivizes the driver because they have no incentive to be a better person or better employee because you had to front end your tip Right, so that means you're gonna. Yes, yeah, so they know you're they're gonna, making that anyway. Yeah, you're gonna undersell that. I'm right? sure there's ratings at the end. Um, yeah, I can look at my previous purchases. It asked me to rate the people. Yeah. So I'm sure they have some. I but hear you. What, I hear you. Yeah. What I hear I'm saying you. is, you can be a stud like in a restaurant. You can be a stud waiter or waitress and make more money than somebody the person else. Next to you. But that's not the case if everyone paid up front. No, that would be terrible. That would be terrible, right? Um, like so, when they do, well, it depends because have you ever seen those restaurants, the higher end ones that are like minimum 20% no matter what? Well, I think Like gratuities included? Yeah. I think that's a little different um, in that you know you're going to get, you're at a nice restaurant, you're going to get, there's a standard of service you're going to get. So sure. anyway, long I do story agree that, short. I do agree with you that they should allow you to tip just like Uber at the end of the experience. Yeah. And then I'm they sure they're probably going to fix our technology. I'm sure it's okay. Yeah. So long story short, I think that new problems require new solutions. Gig economy is a new problem. We need new solutions. It's not an anomaly that all of these companies are dealing with the same thing. But I think employees want the flexibility that they're given, but they need something else. And I know that's, I know that sounds silly because somebody's gonna argue with me like, well, Jake, you can't have your cake and eat it too, yeah, right? And I get that yeah, argument, yeah. but also I would say the same for it works on both ends of the spectrum. So employees can't have it both ways, and employers can't have it both ways. They can't not pay these people and get all the profit and an employee can't have all the flexibility and all the pay, you know? So yeah. that's my, my long and short well, of it. I think at the end of the day, I, I hear a lot of what you say. We obviously have some disagreements in certain areas, a lot of agreements in others on it. 
I think that in a free market, you know, it's going to come down to what the people do, right? And it sounds kind of political, but it's the truth, right? The, the people control most of the power there. And if, you know, these companies are really bad and drive towards ones that's the best, and then eventually they will take the, uh, take the business away, right? Like if all the, let's just say all the drivers said, screw Instacart, let's go to Amazon Fresh. Amazon Fresh can instantly pay their drivers more and put them out of business. And so Amazon Fresh would be very gun-ho about that, the driver, yeah. right? So I think that there's a lot of power in these drivers. Um, I don't think we want to see unions. I, you know, I, I, I kind of equate this back to like the truck drivers back in the day when it became a free market, de decentralized, and there was mayhem. You know, like drivers were able to take shipments from anybody and mm -hmm. anything um deregulation excuse me not decentralized um and then you had a lot of the labor unions organizing the drivers to say okay well, these, drivers these guys taking, are, like crappy loads for zero dollars because they wanted anything that they, could they just get. didn't know yeah, yeah they, they just didn't, didn't know. know how to yeah. organize and say okay there's fifty thousand loads in this one city how do i optimize the best but then you had then you get the situations where they're going to push labor towards one client based on a prerogative so if you own the labor union you take that group of drivers that was now at Instacart and you push them over to whatever. Mm. So PR. You, you, you control the labor, right? And that's, that's what I'm saying is if you control the labor, you control the people, you're going to win this battle. So PR move, and then we can wrap it up. Yeah, because we got to get out of here soon. PR move, Amazon, who loves taking losses, but in incredible fashion, in forward-facing innovation. Huge PR move pay the drivers a crazy amount, crazy commission, whatever it is, and take all the drivers. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's, what, that's how you control Amazon's it. Amazon's probably the only one could afford that it. could afford it. Yeah, Put a billion dollars at driver acquisition. Yeah, yeah for sure. and just steal all of these people, and there should be a mass flood of drivers to Amazon... What you call it? Amazon Prime Fresh? Prime Fresh, Because um, yeah, they, they want you... Prime Fresh. Well, if you have Prime, Prime Fresh. you can, yeah, you can add get right on to it. There. Yeah. So, Dario... Final thoughts. I think I've said enough of my final thoughts. Yeah, I probably didn't talk as much today because of my, my cold and my sinus infection. Um, but final thoughts. Uh, service is a huge asset to me. Um, I'm actually looking at doing some shopping while we've been doing this episode because I need <laughs> to place budgets. your Instacart order yeah, really yeah. quickly. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I think it's a very big need. I you know, something like Amazon Prime Fresh is great. Whole Foods is just a little too pricey. You know, there's not enough subscribers on this YouTube channel, on this uh, podcast yet. So if you guys boost it up, maybe I'll go shop at, at Whole Foods. Uh, shout out Luke. No way. Venmo me $5 for the, what's it called? The Cash App? He did or didn't? He did. Nice. Uh, the only one. So <laughs> sorry, we're not going to be doing that. Luke, I'll send your money back. Uh, but seriously, I, I like it because there's a bunch of different companies to go to. Publix is one I use anyway. Yep. Um, so it helps kind of me out regardless. And I do the pickup, so it's pretty cheap. <laughs> there, yeah, you don't, you don't um, have to pay one of the drivers. <laughs> yeah, if I'm a consumer, it works great. I do think that if we can advertise it to our drivers and give them another option, I think that would be an awesome benefit. Mm, so be I, cool. I, I do like it. Um, I do think that they got to figure out the labor thing because otherwise, like we said, somebody's going to screw them over, whether it's a union, whether it's the labor just in general, whether it's a company like Amazon Fresh that just says, here's a billion dollars, drivers, come yeah, on over. Yeah, or the drivers all leave and then they don't have the company. Yeah, um, but I like it. I think it's a great uh, a great company. And from what I see so far, they're, they're getting a lot of funding and most of the news about them has been very, very positive.
Yeah, except for I would say, except for late with all this labor stuff, they have sure. had they've had good positive feedback. They have a sure. lot of good investors. Sequoia, Andreessen Horowitz, Tire Global Management, like a lot of really good investors are are involved in this. And you know they have one point nine billion dollars at stake, so they'll figure it out. And they're not, you know, fifteen million people visiting their website a month is That's not a small number. That's, so that's I don't know huge. what that turn translates into purchases. I don't know if they're doing like 15 yeah. million transactions a month. I don't think so, but yeah, I doubt it. But anyway, guys, appreciate you listening. Yeah. Um, if you could subscribe yeah, on like, whatever you listen whatever to. you listen to, we have most of our people listen on Apple Music. Subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify. I'm a Spotify guy. Um, follow us on Instagram. That's where we're most active and. This is Status Quo Podcast. I am Jake. Dario. Signing off. Have Later, a good guys. One, guys.